welcome to episode 541 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. This week on the show, we are joined by an all-star international field of eventing riders. We have Jenny Brannigan from the United States. Then we're joined by Tim Price for all the way from New Zealand, and then Tom McEwen from Great Britain. It's going to be an action-packed show. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp coming to you this week from sunny Florida. And I'm Paul Tapner coming to you this week from Wiltshire in the UK. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show, it is international event writer from the USA, Jenny Brannigan. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. So, Jenny, it's been a roller coaster year for you. You've just come back to competing for the first time since November of 2017, and um, you hit the ground running with, I think, seven horses competing at Majestic Oaks and took home a couple of wins. But, um, you know, obviously it's been a difficult year for you. Can you just explain to our listeners sort of what happened? Give us a little rundown of what's what's been going on for the last 18 months. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I was Put on. Um, I've had some a lot of concussions between jump racing and eventing, and uh, I've been struggling with some things and concentration and depression and all sorts. You just try to figure out why you're not feeling like yourself, and when you hit your head seven times in a row, it you know ends up catching up with you. I guess <laughs> it's a lot easier when you break a bone because you can just put a plate in it and go on your way. But um, I put got put on ADHD medicine, and it was literally the week before the jockey club and. Um, it was my first experience ever being drug tested and I even like wrote down on the thing what I was taking and I was just a bit, I don't know, it was just not just stupid about all of it, but, um, ended up being legal to take the medication, which you have to do the like TUE paperwork ahead of time, which I now have, but, um, had to sit out a year of, of competition and luckily the FBI realized that, you know, it was not intentional and clearly I'm not trying to enhance my performance in some way. So, um, but it, it was obviously quite scary because you have no idea how long, like for months, six months, at least, uh, no idea what's going to happen. So, I mean, it's one thing to say you're going to be off for a year and I got a little bit lucky is probably not the right word, but I was a little bit lucky with the timing on a few of my top horses having breaks for different reasons. And, um, you know, a year you can come back from four years. I'm like, what am I going to do for four years? Like that's a bit, so kind of, I'm probably putting it lightly. I mean, I was completely depressed for the first bit. Then I psychotically threw myself into work, which is what I seem to like to do. And, um, luckily every sponsor in my barn grew, like I just stayed busy coaching and it, in the end, it ended up being a, a neat experience, which I know sounds insane to say, but, um, you know, it was pretty surreal. Like I was going to give the ride to Boyd on Stella Artois for the WEG. And then Lynn was riding SU lifestyle and all my, my staff were competing my young horses and, um, it was, it was a very surreal time and I'm, I'm glad that I made it through it and I'm so grateful to everyone, but it was pretty unreal when you've lived your whole life based around eventing to go, what am I going to do now? Like, am I going to be a dental hygienist? Like I haven't gone to college, like what? Am I gonna be a jump jockey, like go sit into racing. Cause that's something I really love. Like it was, 
luckily I didn't have to make that decision. So I think for me, I just said I was sorry from the beginning of it, admitted what I'd done straight away. And so I made peace with it and kind of moved on fairly quickly. And my, I don't know, I'm lucky. I've worked around a lot of Australian men, like when they go and get stuff, everyone cracks on everyone. I look up to work hard and I just worked harder. And, and that was, the year, honestly, ironically, ended up going by quite fast once you get over the initial reaction of it. But it was it was unbelievable. So, Jenny, of course, it wasn't only you that, that took the ban. There were two other top riders um, that, that also were, were banned for a year. And, um, of course, Alyssa Phillips is based with you and, and Hannah Sue, you're very good friends. And um, did you all sort of band together and, and try and... Uh, make the most of the experience? I mean, I assume they were on a similar, um, for, they were banned for a similar reason. I mean, it was quite a serious um, occasion to have certainly two WEG hopefuls um, on the ban in, in a WEG year, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, especially for, I feel for Hannah Sue, I would say out of everyone, I mean, I just feel for Hannah because that horse has been in a program for years and they've produced it and Miss Mars bred it and I really wanted that from Miss Mars and for Hannah. So, um, you know, not to say that anyone had it easy by any means, but, um, you know, it was, Ken and I are good friends, and ironically, Alyssa came to ride with me at the jockey club, so I think it probably looks a little bit even weird, like, Ken and I are notorious best friends, like, we're just everywhere together, um, but Alyssa just come to ride with me, and uh, it just, I guess it ended up being pretty interesting for me, because Alyssa is a great girl, and I'm so happy she's in my barn, and her attitude was she handled it, I think, better than anyone, you know, but she was, uh, I was like, all right, well, this kid's tough. Like, if she can handle this, I can, and, uh, you know, just kind of cracked on. But, I mean, I really, that, that was, Hannah loves competing and more than any of it, and, like, I'm lucky that I love galloping racehorses, and I love the young ones and whatnot, and I teach a lot. And um, at first, I think that was super, really hard for Hannah, and it was, I, I mean, I was gutted for her, to be honest. So, um you know, it, it was just, I think for everyone, to be honest, it was a different, different experience. And, um, I'm just quite lucky as well. Like, and where I'm at in Unionville, like I keep my horses at Michael Matz's farm and I gout for them. So there would just be days I didn't even think about it, to be honest. By the, I was like, I do my job and I wake up and I do this and that and that, whatever. And I was able to just kind of make my own little world, you know, I think that helped. So, um, Alyssa did some college courses and flew back and forth and, um, uh, you know, I think Hannah ended up teaching some more as well. And, um, you know, she teaches Miss Mars's daughter, who's actually in Pennsylvania. So I think it helps that I got to see her a bit. And um, I'm, I mean, I'm grateful. I wish it didn't happen to anyone, but I am grateful that I went through it with the girls that I did because, um, you know, it, it would have been pretty rough to do that all on your own, you know, not that I wish it on anyone, but, and it's my own fault, you know, I mean, it's, these are the rules. Like you don't break them. Like it's, I don't have any animosity towards anything. It was my own fault. I should have been smarter and better. So, um, but it was, it was definitely interesting for, and different for each person. So, um, yeah. So Jenny, obviously everybody's going to deal with these sort of things differently. And, and, uh, there's been, uh, you know, over the many years of eventing history, there's been plenty of, uh, you know, positive, uh, doping tests. Most of them are, are found to be accidental, uh, or unexplained, in their accidental nature, um, you know, but it doesn't, uh, you know, take away the fact that 
it's against the rules to compete on those things and, and ignorance of the rules, uh, which is perhaps maybe one of the factors in, in your situation, is is not an excuse for it. So you, you have served your, your one-year ban. It's probably slightly, you know, significantly reduced on what it would be is if you were found to be intentionally trying to, uh, you know, like you say, do performance-enhancing drugs. So I, I find it a little, uh, a little fascinating or in, in, intriguing that, you know, you stated that it was your first time I'm ever getting tested. I mean, I've been in the sport at a, a yeah. high level internationally for a very long time, and I've lost count how many times my horses have been tested. I've lost count how many times I've been tested. And, you know, for seven years, I was on a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week drug register with the ASADA the World, the World, and the WADA, World Doping Organization. So it's where I had to fill in where I am. And, that, and that's a fairly common thing, you know, like um, if once you get to an elite level of, of sports people and you're, you're on – potential like you said you know two of your potential WEG team members um when you're on that yeah, a potential crazy, yeah. uh, I mean, team I, that you, you it's a fairly testing is a fairly regular thing so i mean do you think if you had have been tested years ago or previously in your career it, it might have made you a bit more aware of, of all of this sort of thing and made you a bit more cautious oh, because for you know, sure. i mean i if i think about it i haven't done obviously anything here as much as you but I've been on two Nations Cup teams. I went to the Pan Am as a traveling alternate. Like, I remember them saying then we had to do, like, fill out where we were or whatever. But I was, I've never been on medication in my life. So that's all, to be honest, all that's kind of new to me. Um, and I cannot tell you how many people have come up to me and told me, I was on this at this event. I had no idea it was illegal. I took Sudafed. I didn't know it was illegal. I've had two young riders come up to me and say, I was competing three-star. I'm on ADHD medicine. I had no idea it was illegal until... Or, and, or you have to have a TUE, at least. You know, you can yeah, be so on that medication, but you got to have a TUE for it. And um, so it's kind of interesting. I don't know if that... Uh, you would it does, it does wake people up to the rules. For sure, it does wake yeah. people up to the rules. But do you think... Uh, and again, this is just a, a, cu- a curious question because I don't know because I've never competed in the States. But, it, you know, uh, is United States as a... Uh, an administrative organization side of things are they a little behind in the in the quantity of testing that goes on there or is it just you you think it's not something that you came across now you see i mean they're like inundated it was amazing like after that happened i mean how many pamphlets out at every event and um like all these emails and you know it was and i think they did send emails and whatnot but i mean i cannot tell you how many event writers i've heard of issues with things Oh, I didn't win the thoroughbred award because I didn't read my email that, and then go nuts about not getting the prize money or whatever. Like, I mean, I've heard event writers are not great at reading emails, so I think they've <laughs> really taken on a very proactive <laughs> you know, uh, approach now with it, and I don't think this will ever be an issue again. Um, but it was interesting, and then like the whole TUE process. I mean, I learned a lot. I also learned a lot about my health, you know. So it. Like I said, I choose to take out what's the good of it, and I think I kept my sponsors and clients because everyone knows that I'm genuinely just trying to, to do a good job and be a healthy good person. So, um, but yeah, it is kind of shocking to me now when people talk about it. I guess I've never been top three to four star. Like I, I don't, it's just crazy. I've gone all over the world and I've never been drug tested. I've had my horses drug tested, like obviously, but um, and I guess you know I just. I don't know. I guess I need to think of myself more as an athlete, and I certainly do now. I mean, it was the first time that I had ever been tested as well, which I was tested at the same event that you were. So um, I can I can sympathize with that. Um, but like, let's let's now just sort of 
take ourselves to the present. Let's think forward now. We've sort of you've done your your year ban. You're moving on. You have a great team of horses. Um, you've started the season off straight away at the first event of the year, um, as as did I with a couple. Um, so, what is the the big plans this year? Now that you're up and running, you have some nice horses. What's the big plans for 2019? Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to keep as mainly a left to last ride. I think my time is only 17 this year. And, um, I've got a lot of younger horses coming up, so I might run them at a couple feature events like that Aiken showcase and whatnot. But um, I've got two young horses that did a two-star and seven-year-old that are lovely, um, that FU lifestyle that we're going to throw for me this year. And a horse named Twilight Less Gleam that was supposed to go to Leon and then had a bone spur removed. So ironically, he was off last year. He's back. Um, so I am going to name them for the Pan Ams and then do a three-star this spring on both of them, knock on wood. Um, the Gardeners own both of those. And then Stella Artois is back and doing wonderful. I was thinking about taking her to Kentucky, but I think I'll do another three-star on her um, just to be safe. I was thinking about Bramham or maybe going to Rebecca Farm. Um, and she did Mill Street in Beaumont the year before. So, uh, And then I have a horse named my Bella, who was a three-star horse that was injured. She had a baby, and she's coming back. So um, I'm really excited about her. Um, so there's quite a few Woodstock's little nevs aimed at a two-star. So I'm kind of excited. I've got a lot of horses that were, were off or injured and have come back um, this year. So I'm just super pumped about those and trying to do a good job producing them. And my... My highlights with Cabalder over he's done plenty for me in the gardeners and um you know, might run him here or there, but I, I get way more enjoyment out of watching Alexa compete him. Well, Jenny, it it sounds like you've got um a really exciting string of horses and um like you say, I suppose in some ways, conveniently or inconveniently, a few of them had their, their injuries and their time off and, and I know you said you had a mare that had a baby. At least that all happened while you were off. So in a way, that must give you sort of renewed strength for the year. Um, it sounds like you've got a very busy and exciting year ahead. And um, I think it's time now that we all just put this whole thing behind us. I'm sure you would like to. And that's why I wanted to get you on the eventing radio show to sort of say that the, the future is still bright for uh, Brannigan Eventing. And we're, we're moving forward now. So thank you very, very much for being on the eventing radio show. And it's great to have you back on the competition circuit. Thank you so much for having me. Good to be back. I'm ready. Springtime supplements have been dedicated to improving the lives of horses with the Springtime brand of supplements, and they've been doing it since 1979. Springtime offers supplements for joint health, immune support, calming, hoof and coat, insect control, and much more. Before we tell you about one of their really interesting products, the Ahi Flower Oil, we thought we need to mention that they have a special just for our listeners of the Eventing Radio Show. You, our listeners, will receive an automatic 15% off and free shipping just for mentioning this show. Be sure to go to springtimeinc.com eventing or call one of their knowledgeable reps and be sure to mention the discount code eventing. So listeners, have you heard about their ahi flower oil? We all know the importance of essential fatty acids for horses, but recently a plant was discovered to provide completely balanced omega-3, 6, and 9, and they call it ahi flower. 
Now, until now, you have had a few options. You could use fish oil, but let's face it, horses are herbivores. They don't like fish oil. They didn't evolve to consume it. And then there's flax, but ahi flour has been shown in clinical studies to provide better omega-3, 6, and 9 absorption and balance in horses. It's proven to be better than flax or fish. This is the type of expertise that you get from Springtime, who are always at the forefront of the latest research. And don't forget that Springtime also has a full line of canine supplements to keep your dogs at peak wellness also. That website again for that discount code just for our listeners is springtimeinc.com slash eventing. Joining us now on the eventing radio show is New Zealand eventing superstar. He's one half of the Price Power couple. It's Tim Price. Tim, welcome to the eventing radio show. G'day, g'day. Thank you for having me. So now a way to warm up a, a cold, wintry English day. Yeah, exactly. It is very cold and, and wintry <laughs> in England at the moment. For some and, of us, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you've uh, had a had a hard day in the office. You know, in that indoor school of yours, going round and round in endless circles on many horses. Is that is that the drill on a on a winter's day like today? Um, I would t- typically say yes for the you know since we've been back from from Kiwi land, we've been home or back here for uh, a week, just over a week. But today I've travelled up in a train four hours north and then collected our horse box which has been getting a few bits done to it in this quieter time of the year and and trucking back down um home uh so no not a typical day for me um but then i actually stumbled into um stumbled across a a friend's place on the way down being carlos paro brazilian event rider (laughs) who i don't get to see very often these days stumbled into yeah like that wasn't planned at all i'm sure tim yeah just had to drive past his place you sound like janelle when i when i um let her know that this was what your wife didn't uh, believe you either i can't believe that (laughs) she was like oh you i see i see so i mean um yeah so it's great to catch up with carlos have a couple of beers at his place and i'll be off hopefully to beat the um, Birmingham traffic early in the morning to get back home and ride my horses tomorrow. Oh, I see. That's mm. a very good plan. So it's a, uh, it, you. not, you're not, uh, so I was slightly concerned about you having a few beers and then driving home, but the, the drive home will be tomorrow morning in the icy weather, but missing the traffic ready to ride some horses. So if you, Correct. you, 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 if you don't feel like riding any horses tomorrow, cause you've had too many beers, you can just blame the icy roads or something of the kind. And Janelle will okay. still disbelieve yeah, you, uh, won't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. No, cause there's, yeah, there's no flies on her. Not. Yes, <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this anyway. Oh, of course she's she's an avid listener, but it'll be the the, the proof will be gone by then. You'll be fine. Uh, Now, um, we did mention, uh, we've already mentioned, Janelle. You have as as well that the Price Power couple. You guys have had an amazing season, both of you. Um, you know, just on fire. But yourself, especially Tim, you know, third place in the world rider rankings at the moment. Is that is that one of your best rankings ever, or is that you know just standard course? Yeah, I did a little. It is. I did a skip into number two at one point. It was more about others being um, having not such consistent time than me, I think. But this is this feels like a bit more of a well-earned um, third spot for for a wee bit. Um, yeah, I mean it's, it's fun. It's nice. It's a nice yardstick, isn't it? And um, uh, it, it was a, it was a great season, as as you say, and it definitely was. I mean, for both of us, Janelle, I think would be more in particular with the the fact that she came back from. From a baby, and um, and then and then nailed two four star, now five stars, 
um, was incredibly impressive. And, uh, you know, we just cracked on with our year and it wasn't until being back in New Zealand on holiday that, you, you know, you, it really sinks in, um, you know, where you can really um, look in retrospect uh, at the year and think how great it was. But Indeed, yeah, it was great. Looking so, forward, isn't it? All of that, no, not not yet. We need a little bit more retrospective <laughs> thing. And it's great to it's great <laughs> to hear that when you're out in New Zealand that you did, like you say, have time to have a think about what you've done and the fact that it was so awesome for you guys, you know, like because sometimes as event riders and especially you guys, there's are so many horses, you're so busy, you're going from, you know, event to event to event. Yeah, I, I had a quick look through your your um competition list from last year and a vast quantity yeah. of horses and a vast quantity of competitions at every single level. Um so yeah. You know, sometimes it's, you know, you don't get a chance to actually savor those those wins, you know, and you, you won Burley, you know, yeah. you have a bit of a celebration after that. But um, like yeah. you say, you get out to New Zealand and you can stop and think about all of the, the four-star wins and, and the three-star wins. And, you know, did you do a tally how many winners you had, how many no. four-stars, how many three-stars or anything like that? No, or you look, just... not Peppers, come on. Look, it's just a, it's just a good, it's a good year. And the, I think the, the major things there were badminton and Burley and, of course, the Moulin um, was pretty amazing as well, but but to win something, you know, like Burley, I mean, you know, you've 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 held the um, the badminton trophy aloft, and and you know, for something like that to be in your year, that's what really took a little bit of sitting down and going, hang on, that was a that was a pretty phenomenal result, and yeah, there was there was other there was other things that were really fun as well, but that was that was the one that um, really felt like you've, I've made a you know, really good notch in the in the in the journey through my career, and um, and so yeah, it was good to get back home and you know see just see and you know there's all there's a lot of other you know I guess it's a little bit of emotional thing as well because you you go home and that's what you've left behind in order to to be in the UK, so you have to uh, you have a bit of a realization of what it was all about. So yeah, no, it's good. It's really good fun. So um, <clears throat> so. Tim, I, I know, I'm sh- well, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners would like a bit more of an insight into what it's like being in the Price Power Couple and what it's like on your yard day to day. Now, um, I, sometimes I know that it's maybe you, I know, right? <laughs> we're, we're trying to sound awesome for the radio. Come on. <laughs> um, but like, I know that sometimes uh, you you have had a ride on a horse and then maybe Janelle's had the ride for a bit. And then of course you rode a few of the horses when she was pregnant. Is there sometimes a bit of a struggle there in within the yard, you know, who rides, which horse do do you guys help each other? Do you kind of do your own thing? No, no, we, we, I think, I mean, the the basis of it is we're very, we're very, got a very healthy relationship. I don't know um, what the, what the the major ingredients in that are, but we do we do re- work really well in a working relationship. But obviously, we're married, and the two things we manage to keep very separate, and um, and therefore it works. But from to answer what you're you're asking, as far as us and horses and and how that comes together and and continues to be, um, you know, something that that we can share a little bit. Um, I think we're just. You know, it, we use each other as a brutal, honest reference point all the way along, as far as all all facets of of riding and training and everything. And so, the same thing if the horse is if the horse is not so suitable for Janelle or vice versa, we'll be quite honest with each other about that fact. And there might be a point where that we, you know, the horse gets guided across the other rider, 
that's one scenario or the other, like you say, with um, Janelle being pregnant. Uh, I think one of the first major shares of a horse, uh, a lending of a horse, if you like, or passing over of a horse was um, Flintstar back at 2012 London Olympics. Was my, He was my horse, um, but he just was better with Janelle. She just, they just worked better together and, um, so she took him on and, and consequently went to the games on him there. And, um, yeah, and, and Sekatinka, that was Janelle's horse, but I needed a horse for the, for the World Games. So we, we had her across to me and I had her for, for a year sort of beyond her when she first came to me, which was when Janelle was pregnant. So, so there is, there is actually quite a, there's, there's a few more I could mention as well where we've had these, um, these crossovers. And it's just something that, works but it's not a back and forth thing it would be just a you know passing over for a particular reason and allows the other rider there's time allowed for that rider to get established with the horse and things and and carry on with whatever the plan might be um i think that that's definitely got to be seen as an advantage um so you know we we try to use it as such and um you know there's a lot of you know, struggles and strains with being two top riders on one arena on a daily basis as well. Don't get me wrong; it has its um, its difficulties. But but yeah, we try to we try to stay very um, you know focused on what we're trying to achieve and the fact that it's work and and, and sport and um, and it seems to go well. Well, we can't. That's for sure. And uh, I love that phrase that you put. Yeah. The, the brutally honest appraisal of each other. And I can imagine uh, that uh, it, uh, unless you're uh, New Zealand uh, and possibly and or Australian, you, you, that brutal honesty, uh, you know, some, so, some, some people wouldn't be able to take it, but it is probably a, a particularly uh, uh, um, you know, New Zealand uh, or Australian uh, yeah. um, um, feature of us. So, but uh, you know, no, it's true. Yeah, you've um, it, it's it's great to to know that all of those little insights about how you work and and oh, like you say, you you're able to keep your family life separate from uh, your work life. But presumably, you've just had a whole heap of fun family time out in New Zealand. Uh, you know, with with all three of you. Yes, mate. It's been really good fun. We've uh, this. It was a thoroughly enjoyable holiday. I mean, having uh, little Otis along with us and um, and sharing him amongst our broader family was just a real thrill. Um, just it felt like a very long two years because we tend to go back. We try to go back every couple of years, and this last couple of years felt like an eternity. So it felt very overdue and. Um, going back and uh, having a good cruise around the South Island, which is where we're both from, and like I say, with family. I mean, we went to the beach. We we plonked ourselves at the beach at the top of the South Island for over two weeks, and I mean, it was just bliss. We just had a little humble batch, but only six footsteps from the from the beach, and uh, and I think I think Otis had about seven cousins, just you know, just another batches around and about the place, and you know, everyone just would someone would come and grab him and off he'd go with his, his cousins up the road and we'd go for a wander down the beach or a swim or whatever. It was just a great, great family time. And, uh, and uh, yeah, beautiful country that we, we miss a lot. We got to have some nice weather too. So it was, it was a good trip home. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it was probably a much needed break after a very busy year, but surely, uh, you know, around this time of year, I think everybody starts to get, get ready 
ready for the new season and get excited about it. And um, Tim, I'm going to ask you something important that I ask a lot of our professional riders on the show. I'm going to ask you for your number one top training tip, which Tappers loves and say that five times fast. Um, but uh, yes, that, so it can be anything you you anything you hold uh, hold close to you that that you bring with you to every horse that you train or or something special that you take on to the, to the young ones, anything that you feel is your top training tip. Mm, top training tip. In a nutshell, it's a difficult one because it's such a diverse sport. Isn't it? You know, the, the good horses can come out of nowhere. And I think that's something that, that I've learned only through time. You know, you try to, you try to, you know, figure out what the, what the common recipe is to, to a good event horse. And you, the more you learn, the more you realize there isn't one. Um, so that's that's a bit of a bit of a disguise tip there. Um, hmm, I think where should I go? I mean, we've got three phases of the game. Um, I think with the show jumping because that's where things are won or lost. I think we could put a, put a tip in with, mm-hmm. with the show jumping. And for me, for me, it's, it would be very much a matter of 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 going into a very relaxed place in my mind once I have rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed what I have set out for myself to, to achieve in that round. And then when I actually go in, I encourage myself to stop thinking and uh, and just casually wait for the bell to go, you know, canter in like it's a, like it's a, just a bit of a fun thing and it's just you. And you pick it up and you just go searching for the first fence and just just make your way around really as simple as that. I think if we, if we put... You know, I don't. You know, there's a really real importance for making a plan and and rehearsing that plan in your head and and being very disciplined with that side of it. But if we continue to take that same intensity into our round itself, I think that's where um, people come out saying, "I know I was supposed to do that, and I know, and I told myself so many times, and I just didn't do it." Um, I think possibly it can become a block in the, in the moment of the round. So I think it's an important. Um, difference to make from your rehearsal fit you know mental setup to when you actually go in the ring that's the time that you've actually got to remember you're there to enjoy it which then filters through to your horse which becomes relaxation which becomes hopefully um giving a good performance so there you go i thought that was brilliant tim i really like that this is my favorite part about the show is is hearing what what everybody has to say and and we can all learn so much from it but um thank you very much for that and um we're really excited to see what is going to happen this year with both of the prices hopefully uh you'll make some room for some other people to win a five star this year but i'm sure that's not in your plan (laughs) and um tim just just quickly before we wind up is there any way that all of your adoring fans can follow both of you on social media have you guys got a website instagram Twitter, sell yeah, yourself, I mean, please, to the world. Simply, we're quite, we're quite simply um, Team Price on Facebook, and that's 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 sort of the the platform we use for both of us. Um, but you can find us on Instagram individually, just with our names, um, Janelle and I. Um, and then we've got a website that we we try to keep very fresh and and, and interesting. Yeah, timandjanelle.com dot com is is us. So yeah, go for it, have a look, check it out. Perfect. The Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. 
In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show, it is GB Eventing Superstar, Tom McEwen. Tom, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Thank you very much for having me. Now, Tom, you've had an amazing season in 2018. Uh, you know, won, won a little medal somewhere, I think, along the way, if not uh, quite a few events. So um, tell our listeners, or just give us our listeners a quick recap on, on what that was, or the highlight. What was the highlight? Uh, yeah, no, uh, real highlight of this year would have been uh, representing uh, the British team at senior level, probably for my first time. And um, first time on a big stage at the Worlds, very much a new experience for me with an amazing young horse called Lido de Cursa. And coming back with the team gold and, and individual gold with Ross Camter. And uh, yeah, fantastic week. Um, first time in America for me. And yeah, for me, fantastic venue for the horses and great cross country course and, and great facilities for the horses. So fantastic first experience. So, Tom, I mean, what, what an incredible result for Great Britain, number one. And, and like you said, you your first real team experience did you set off um at the beginning of the season you know really believing that you could be there or was it just sort of a a, a working progress from the beginning of the year i mean the horse has, has been phenomenal hasn't he yeah the, the horse is phenomenal it'd been more what i had done on top really um as a sort of if you took a list of horses <laughs> the horse deserves deserves to go it just depends on what the jockey did on top really um he'd been phenomenal for a couple of years it was definitely a target, but not a specific target. It was sort of a target involved of going as well as I can. And obviously, if you go as well as you can, or think you can on a, on a very good horse, then hopefully you'll there or thereabouts. But obviously, this year with the British team, there was a little bit of um, a little bit, a, a lot of competition, and really they could have sent probably a couple of teams that could have gone and done equally as well. And yeah, so to be picked one of the five to um, to go out there was was phenomenal really because um the british riders on the whole have real got real good strength and depth in horses and um it was a real competition sort of fight fight not fight to the end but uh yeah real competition all the way till sort of selection towards the end of the process and then just hopefully getting on with the job in hand well i've got a question for you actually with that in mind because <clears throat> all the different teams chose chose their teams, you know, at different times. And I know the United States chose their team quite early. Um, and Great Britain actually chose their team relatively late. I believe it was shortly after Hartbury. And um, I've always sort of felt in my head that, that all of you actually compete better because you'd had to sort of be under pressure that whole time, you know, right up until not long before the games. Do, do you feel that really made a difference or was it obviously kind of been that much of a hindrance because you won gold, but you see what I'm saying? No, I, yeah, I completely say it. I, for some people, maybe it was a hindrance. Um, for me, I my second plan would have been Burley, which was, was it two weeks later, two weeks before the Worlds. And so really my plan never changed. I was always going to Hartbury. Um, I was always going to run in the same way as I usually do. Um, one day, which is usually not too fast, but letting him have a nice run and a bit of a, a play around. And so for me personally, it didn't make 
whole lot of difference. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, you know, uh, by that point, there's been a long list and you know you're sort of in the melting pot, so to speak, for selection. And um, obviously, you want to know. Owners want to know. Um, and obviously, like you said, a lot of other teams had already been selected and we were definitely one of the later ones. But I think with that in mind, there are obviously there are a lot of uh, horses that had proven an awful lot and it wasn't like choosing young horses that still needed to prove stuff. So, um, yeah, and I'm, sh- I'm sure there'll be a lot of people out there that have picked several different sort of uh, team of five to go, but that was the team of five to go and it was sort of, in my eyes, would probably be the right decision towards the end of it. And so, like, there you are. So, of course, that's happened. Selections happen. Amazing. And you go to Tryon, your first trip ever to, to the United States. Um, Tryon is an incredible facility. I've been lucky to compete there myself. Um, but, of course, I think a, a lot of things weren't really finished. And it must have been a little bit of an odd experience. Was that an issue for all of you as a team you know all the bits and pieces that weren't quite completed and various things happening or did did were you able to just embrace the moment and enjoy being at the world equestrian games it's such a wonderful facility um for me i could definitely enjoy it um obviously first experience is um a massive shame that everything was wasn't ready because it, i think it could have been absolutely incredible and, and sort of one really to remember yeah. for every single one of the right reasons. But at the same time, I thought sort of uh, for eventing anyway, uh, sort of like the field of play for the horses anyway was absolutely spot on. Sort of the surfaces and arenas were amazing. Um, the, I mean, the conditions for cross-country were, were actually very good in the end and the, the ground was very good. And actually, the, the stables, I know they were permanent already and they were very good for the horses. Just, yeah, it was an odd experience driving an hour to a hotel every day. <laughs> But um, <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem to worry. It didn't seem to worry me too much. Luckily, Piggy had um, caught a bit of flu off Max, who's her her kid, and I seemingly picked that up off her. So I was feeling a bit rough for the sort of ten days we were out there. But um, that probably took the edge off thinking about too much else. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed my experience and something that I'll always remember. Um, I think for Tyron, is it Tyron, Tyron. Um, it's a shame for them yeah. that not every, yeah, try on, yeah. It's a shame for try that not everything was ready because I think it, it could have been seriously special. But at the same time, I thought they did a great job. And um, yeah, the eventing came to the forefront with a lot of people there for cross country day. So um, yeah, very exciting, really. And it's um, it's a little bit of a shame, really, now, isn't it, that there's um, not going to be all the different equestrian sports within one world equestrian games now isn't it i mean i'm not sure if that's thoroughly been confirmed but from what i know eventing will now be separate um do you that's ultimately going to be better for our sport or or is it sad to lose you know all those other sports around you it must have been great to be able to watch the different you know all the different um disciplines yeah like i was very lucky i did podium um young rider teams um, sort of European teams and at pony level when I was younger we did it with the dressage and the show jumpers and it was amazing because you could go and watch them everyone's the same level age roughly and um, go and see what they're doing and what the ponies are jumping and the, the dressage test the pure dressage ponies are, jump, uh, are doing and I, yeah I think it'd be a huge loss um, I think because it's something very very special I know it's hugely expensive um um 
Yeah, but I, th- I think at the same time, to be able to show all those disciplines right at the top of their level is a real shame not to be able to have them all in all in one place. But at the same time, that was expe- uh, very expensive, but it's, it might not change it too much because sort of, if I look at like in the uh, Europeans um, where eventing is individual, um, it's still pretty special over here and a lot of people go and watch it and it's followed quite heavily as well. Well, it always just makes me think a little bit because um, I myself was on the reserve list for um, for the US team for try-on and obviously I didn't end up going and then I heard that it was all going to change and it's kind of a, it's a little bit sad when you haven't represented your, you know, your nation beyond like nation's cups and, and you're so close and then suddenly it's going to all change. Do you know what I mean? So that's why I was interested in what the impression is being there. Cause that was sort of always my dream of a, of a world games is being able to be around all the different disciplines. And that sort of felt like what it was supposed to be. So um, I suppose from my I, standpoint, I, I'm a little bit sad I, that, it's, I, yeah. that it's going to change. I, I completely agree with you. There's not, yeah, there's nothing cooler than sort of, especially for me, because like any sport and whether it's a question or any other sport, any sport at top level is all pretty unbelievably amazing. And so we were there with the, I think the dressage guys and the jumpers came right at the end of our time. So being there with all Mm -hmm. of them, all at the top of their game and being able to go and watch them warm up in a bit of spare time. And um, yeah. Uh, I'm very lucky to experience it, and I think I'd feel exactly the same way as you. And I think I still do now because I think it'd be, sh- it'd be it, it is or it would be a shame if it was completely lost. Um, it'd be nice to be able to keep the Olympic disciplines I would have thought together, but obviously, um, yeah, money and and venues and things like that obviously come into play that are far beyond what I know. Oh, it is, and and you know what? Even every winter now that I come here, I'm like what we're eventing in a few weeks like at christmas time you know you think uh, <laughs> hang on a minute i'm just getting through the holidays <laughs> um but from your standpoint you know obviously you're you're into the winter of 2019 must be looking forward to another busy year um with lots of good horses what what are you up to at the moment have you been off show jumping or you know are you doing a bit of uh, british dressage through the winter to get prepared or are you still just kind of brushing off the dust from the winter um, so really, with my horses, they actually haven't. They don't have that that long off. Um, they come back in a lot of walk hacking. So they're all actually up and ready for a while. So I was even having dressage lessons before before Christmas even came. Um, and at the moment, yeah, we last weekend we were at a three day jumping show at Addington. So out doing shows, um, jumping and dressage, uh, a lot of training, getting in a lot of those things that are just nearly non impossible during the season when you're, when you're very busy um, and soon we've got um, sort of our, our world class training um, all geared up towards sort of um, the Europeans this year and um, yeah no it's training away finding out a few things about horses um, a few new horses um, I do the yard so it's all, all very exciting at the moment oh, wow sounds very very busy and um, have you got um, a special horse in mind for the Europeans this year? Um, have you got a few new ones to your string, you said? Uh, yeah, got a few new ones. They are slightly younger horses. Um, obviously, I've uh, got Toledo de Curse still. Um, sadly, we lost like, smartly um, just after the new year um, from Colic, which was a real shame to be a special horse. Oh, that's terrible. Um, which is a real shame, but certainly things do 
do happen. And it was a massive loss to the whole yard and the whole team, really. Um, but yeah, we're, we're very lucky, and we've got we've got a lot of other horses coming up through. Um, a lot of lot of horses that have been new to sort of um, well, it'll be four star level um, next year. And um, yeah, no, really, really exciting. Got a lot of nice sort of um, eight, nine year olds coming up through, seven, eight, nine year olds coming up through that are all stepping up. Um, a lot in the same sort of division at the moment, and then a lot of nice young horses below that. Well, it sounds like you're going to definitely have a very busy year ahead of you, and hopefully it'll warm up for you soon. I won't, I won't tell you what the temperature is like here in Florida at the moment, <laughs> but um, uh, thank you very much for being um, on the video. Oh, yuck. <laughs> um, so actually, before we sign off, I'm going to actually ask you what I asked um, Tim Price as well, because it's my favorite question to ask, and Tappers can't give me a hard time because he's not on anymore at the moment so um i like to ask our top professionals for their number one top training tip and this can be anything that you just really think is important that you bring with you to all your horses or it can be something specific to one of the phases in eventing whatever you feel is the number one top training tip uh i think with my training and the way we go about things i think it's basically just repetition and patience really um sort of not just seeing a horse as an age um thinking that's a level it's sort of waiting for the time to dry and sort of repetition is just going <laughs> going over and over the same stuff just to sort of make it spot on so you know every time it's there ready and waiting really and that's about as much to my trading really as it goes really <laughs> it seems a bit blase and basic really <laughs> well i don't think so you know You'd be amazed at all the different answers we get, but it's sometimes it's the basic little things like that that, that are the making of, of a champion. And, of course, this is what people want to hear from someone like yourself who's just won a gold medal for Team GB. So thank you very much, Tom. It's been a pleasure to have you on the Eventing Radio Show, and we look forward to seeing you back in the UK later this year. Thank you very much for having me, and good luck tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Eventing Riders Association of North America podcast. You can learn more about the Eventing Riders Association of North America at their website, eraofna.com. You can find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. You can follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for the Eventing Radio Show, and we are on Twitter at Eventing Radio. You can listen to the Eventing Radio Show anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android devices. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. And of course, you can also subscribe via iTunes. Thanks again to our sponsor of this show, Springtime Supplements. Don't forget that awesome deal I have for you. Mention the Eventing Show when you're placing your order for a 15% discount and free shipping from Springtime Supplements. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, and you can follow me on Facebook, Liz Halliday, on Twitter, at Liz Halliday, on Instagram, Liz Halliday-Sharp, and of course on our website, hseventing.com. And I've been Tappers in Your Ears, and you can follow me on all of the social media channels as well, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm not going to tell you the handles because I want to see who actually listens to the end of the show, <laughs> and I want someone to give me a tweet or a Facebook or an Instagram comment. But anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs>